ஜீம் most respected students of deen mothers and sisters this is the grace of allah tabaraka wa taala that we keep getting the opportunities to revise some lessons for the sake of allah taala this revision is very necessary it is like the case of the food that we eat to nourish our physical selves person eats and the same type of food repeatedly for example certain things are daily consumed milk for that matter whether it is just pure milk or milk mixed in somebody's tea or somebody's coffee or milo or whatever the case is person the whole life continues consuming that milk but at no point somebody says that every day this milk is being consumed is getting too much now for 6 months now you're not going to have any more milk never it occurs to anybody's mind also so just as we understand the need for the repeated consumption of that food those aspects that will nourish our physical selves the repeated consumption into our hearts and our souls of that which will nourish us spiritually that too is necessary and when this stops then a person doesn't even realize how the person suddenly starts weakening and before one knows it one is already gone far off the track in terms of akhlaq in terms of muamalat in terms of muasharat and then slowly it even creeps into the aspects of ibadat and then all kinds of sins creep in and allah forbid then even iman gets affected so among the things that we have discussed previously are the various duas of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the importance of these duas there are many many duas that have been taught to us in madrasa daily duas duas for eating drinking sleeping duas to be recited in the morning duas at night duas for the various occasions so what is the purpose of us being taught these duas why do we learn it what is the objective this is not just something for the examinations many a times in the maktabs in the primary madrasas and children are tested exams come so the child is told okay recite the dua when a person for example wears some new clothing what dua is to be recited at that time nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught a dua for that occasion also alhamdulillah alladhi kasani ma uwari bihi aurati wa atajammalu bihi fi hayati you have been taught these duas you have learned it so even for that occasion there is a dua for person seeing somebody else in some difficulty 
some calamity, some hardship. So do we just express our sympathy or sometimes don't even bother about anything in this past like nothing happened? No, there's a dua for that time also. Though that dua will be recited silently in our hearts, in our minds or softly, but is a dua on that occasion also. Alhamdulillah illadhi afani mimma abtalaka bihi wa faddalani ala kathirin mimman khalaqa tafdila that all praise is due to Allah Ta'ala who has saved me from that in which you have got involved in in that which you have been afflicted with and Allah Ta'ala has given me so much of virtue so much of blessings over and above numerous of his creation that I have been saved from so many situations that others are afflicted with somebody is in starvation Allah Ta'ala has saved me from that somebody is in severe illness the person is lying in an ICU unit in the hospital Allah Ta'ala has saved me from that somebody is in a war-torn area Allah Ta'ala has saved me from that somebody is in a severe situation of some other sort some domestic major problem Allah Ta'ala has saved me from that so many things these are just few examples but it is unlimited the number of things Allah Ta'ala has saved us from so now we see somebody in some problem, some difficulty, somebody we passing on the road, that person has got a flat tire and is now battling to try and fix his tire up to get the spare out. That is a musibat. We could have been in that situation. Now to make this dua and pass there. Alhamdulillah illadhi afani mimma abtala kabih wa faddalani ala kathirin mimman khalaqa tafdila And on these occasions, when we will keep repeating this dua with the meaning in mind, it will make us conscious of how much Allah Ta'ala has blessed us and how many things we have been saved from. Otherwise, we will only remember the little pain that we have in our toe and we will forget all the rest of the ni'mads that from head to toe, besides that one little pain in the small toe, everything is working normally. A person won't make shukar on any of those things. And the person will keep complaining about the little toe that he's aching. So this is a dua Nabi Wasallam taught. What we learn from all this is that by being conscious of these du'as, reciting them on the appropriate occasion. Now you saw somebody that was stuck on the road, you read it. You saw somebody that is now suffering from some flu. So you sympathized with the person, you gave him some du'as for shifa, etc. But then you made this du'a, made yourself conscious. I could have been in that severe situation. Allah Ta'ala saved me. Somebody perhaps didn't uh, get their, some whatever their work done. Now that's a difficulty. You made dua, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala saved me from this. Alhamdulillah, But in a silent manner. Not in a way that that person now feels that I am now being put into a situation, this person is saved and I am in the situation, so the person starts feeling his difficulty more. You will console him, give him some words of comfort. But you will make this dua on yourself. So the point is that all these occasions when this dua is going to be repeated and like that the other masnoon duas, what this will serve to do is to keep building our ta'alluq with Allah Ta'ala. Because all these occasions are reminding us and we are, being, we are expressing our gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. Most of these duas are filled with hamd, with the praise of Allah Ta'ala, with the expression of gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. So, the sugar is a very big thing. The sugar, we only complain about the hard times. We complain about the difficulties. But how often do we make sugar for the good times? If the day went well, we don't remember that. We should even say Alhamdulillah on that. Somebody spoke to us negatively, we immediately now take that to heart 
and we are very very upset we complain about it we feel down about it but if somebody spoke to us correctly they spoke to us pleasantly in our heart do we even say once alhamdulillah alhamdulillah allah ta'ala's fazl this is if allah ta'ala did not put his fazl his rahmat on this situation then this person too would have maybe even spat in my face and went away but allah ta'ala made this happen positively so that expression of shukr so the negative situations we remember very greatly and we will complain about it then we will even get into ghibat about it and one thing after the other but the positive part of it we don't even make shukar we don't even remember Allah Ta'ala in that time so this must change and how it will change by becoming conscious of these masnoon du'as so as I was saying that in the maktabs when the little children are tested then they say okay give me a start give me a start what does this mean? It means that they learned the dua, but they still did not even start practicing upon it. So some dua was learned maybe months ago. Now the exams came six months later, five months later. The child is still saying, give me a start. Which means that he hasn't started practicing on it. That's why he's asking, give me a start. So sometimes in these situations, some people say that what they, are, what they require is maybe a kickstart. Then they'll really start practicing. So in any case, the point here is that we have to start practicing on these du'as and reading them on the occasions with the consciousness. If we cannot remember all the meanings, we try and get the general meaning of it. That What is the general meaning of this du'a? So that we know what we are saying, what we are asking, what we are remembering Allah Ta'ala for. So, this lesson of these du'as on the various occasions is a very deep one. And it strengthens one's taluk with Allah Ta'ala. So among these various du'as, one du'a is the du'a at the time of safar, at the time of traveling. When a person has mounted a conveyance. Now there's a beautiful du'a that Nabi Wasallam taught, that he would recite himself. And this du'a on the one hand is a du'a, at the same time it is filled with numerous lessons. And all the du'as of Nabi Wasallam, while being du'a on the one hand, they were ta'aleem and a means of instruction and a means of lesson to the ummah with regards to the various aspects that come out of it. So the one very beautiful du'a among the various and numerous du'as of Nabi Wasallam, one beautiful du'a was the du'a of safar, the du'a of traveling. It is reported in many ahadith that Nabi ﷺ, when he would uh, mount a conveyance, then the first thing he would do is, he would decide Bismillah. Now in the case of a mounting a conveyance in that time, it was mounting a horse, a camel. So the first thing the person would do is, he would place his foot into the uh, place where the foot is placed, the stirrup, and then he would uh, climb onto the animal and he would mount it. So when Nabi Islam would place his foot, he would decide Bismillah. So a person nowadays would be, mount, would be uh, boarding a vehicle. So as obviously he's going to put one foot first, then he's going to put the next foot. So that first foot when it is placed, that is the time to decide Bismillah. And to do it now in the way that Nabi Islam did it, that when he put the first foot, he decided Bismillah. Then when he would mount 
he would say Alhamdulillah. So now the person placed the first foot in the car. So he would say Bismillah. And then when he got into the car and sat down, he would say Alhamdulillah. So Bismillah, everything to start off in the name of Allah Ta'ala. And in saying this Bismillah, one is acknowledging that this is a gift from Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala made this possible. Therefore, I must do it in the name of Allah Ta'ala. Use it in the name of Allah Ta'ala. So I'm acknowledging that I didn't acquire this with my ability. It wasn't my money that bought it. It wasn't my hard work that acquired it. It is a gift from Allah Ta'ala. Bismillah. So I'm doing it, I'm using it in the name of Allah Ta'ala. And then Alhamdulillah, this is a na'mat from Allah Ta'ala as well, a very big na'mat in the case of an animal, that a big animal which this lesson is repeated now further in the dua, a horse, a camel, what is the comparison to the strength of a human being in relation to these animals? Nothing. If that horse just kicks him, it might be the last thing that will happen with him. He might be gone from this world then. But Allah Ta'ala puts these animals in his control. Now that vehicle that he will drive or he will ride in, what speed it travels in. And despite that speed, the person still got control over it. This is from Allah Ta'ala's side. So now he's saying, Alhamdulillah, Allah, this is your na'mat. Many people are walking bare feet, but you granted this na'mat, I got something to ride in. I've got some tra- transport, some conveyance. So Alhamdulillah. Then the lesson that we just discussed, Nabi Salaam would say, Subhanalladhi sakhara lana hada, wa ma kunna lahu muqrinin. That pure is that being that made this subservient to us. Especially in the case of these animals, the horse, the camel, people ride elephants. So all these things, and in our age and time, imagine a big bus, it's in the control of this insan. An aeroplane, the insan is controlling it in the air, mid-air, thousands of feet above the ground, 30,000, 40,000 feet above the ground. And the insan is flying in that aeroplane, ship in the sea. What a deep ocean. And this conveyance now, this boat, this ship is going, sailing through. All this, Allah Ta'ala has put it in the control of insan. So, Subhanallah, sakharalana hada, wa ma kunna lahu muqrineen. It was not within our capacity to bring these things under our control. We could not bring it under our control. This is Allah Ta'ala's gift. It is His ni'mad. So to recognize this ni'mad, to recognize that this is from Allah Ta'ala's side, it is no kamal of insan. It is not our achievement. It is not our great doing. It is purely the gift from Allah Ta'ala. So now he will decide this. So first, when the foot was placed into the stirrup, Bismillah. Then the person sits down, Alhamdulillah. And after having recited Alhamdulillah, now this dua. Subhanalladhi sakhara lana hada wa ma kunna lahu muqrineen wa inna ila rabbina lamunqalibun and we will certainly one day return to our Rabb. Now what is the link in this? One is that every time we are going to mount that conveyance, we are going to sit in that car, that very fancy vehicle sometimes or maybe something very basic and ordinary 
but it is all a gift from Allah Ta'ala. Now we are reminding ourselves, one day I am going to return to Allah Ta'ala. I am going to have to give an account of how I acquired this. Allah Ta'ala granted the gift, but the means that I adopted, what was the means? And how did I use this gift? Did I use it in a way that Allah Ta'ala was pleased with it? Or in a different way? So a person is reminding himself that don't take this for granted and just think, well, it's mine, I can do as I want. I'm going to have to answer for this. The other lesson in this is that these conveyances in those days, generally, even now, in many places, people still ride animals. So that horse, that camel, these are the conveyances normally, whether it's that mule, whether it is that elephant somebody is riding, these are big animals. And if a person is thrown off the back of this animal, which happens from time to time, it can be the end of his life. If that animal is riding fast and he slips off it, it can be the end of his life. These accidents happen. And in our time and age, the cars, the vehicles, every day how many accidents we hear about, so these conveyances, while on the one hand it is a means of moving a person from one point to the other, they are also the means often of a person's death. Just recently there was some accident that happened a few days back and 27 people died in that one accident. 27 people. One truck smashed into four vehicles, cum taxis, whatever. 27 people lost their lives. So, these conveyances often become, or in many cases, become the means of death. So, now when a person is mounting this vehicle, he is reminding himself of death. That it happens sometimes a person slips off that horse. He could just end up slipping directly into the hereafter. He slips off that vehicle meaning that sometimes a vehicle slips off the road, the car, whatever, that could end up becoming the means of him slipping out of this world into the hereafter. So, what should that become the means of? When a person now has mounted something that is risky, when a person has boarded a vehicle, which is a risky thing, accidents happen, Allah Ta'ala save us, Allah Ta'ala protect us, then what it should be reminding him of? that I should now start making some toba and istighfar. That what if this becomes the last ride of my life, the last journey of my life, the last moments of my life. So let me make some toba and istighfar now. So therefore, you'll find later in the dua is the istighfar that is being made. Now imagine this is what this dua is teaching us, if we are doing it consciously. Now a person will be conscious now that I should be conducting myself in this journey in such a way that if this is my last journey in life, then Allah Ta'ala is pleased to meet me, I am pleased to meet him. Now imagine a person driving in the vehicle, the person now switches on music. That now I need to pass my time in this journey, so switch the music on. Nowadays people have all kinds of new new gadgets in all these new kind vehicles, so somebody is putting on some video and somebody is putting on some DVD and all haram is starting and nowadays if you don't have that too somebody wants to pass their time in the vehicle now in the 
car or the plane that they're journeying in. So now they got their phones on and haram they are engaging in. Whereas the journey itself and the dua of the safar, the dua of journey is reminding us of death and telling us and preparing us that look, start making istighfar. Remember Allah Ta'ala. And don't get involved in anything that if it becomes your last journey in life, then you leave this world in a state of sin. Let that not be the case. Unfortunately, most tragically, how many incidents there are where people pass away in an accident and others come to the scene and that music is still playing and a person is gone in that condition. The last sounds that came in his ears were music. What was haram? Imagine the person meets his last, at that time he was looking at something haram. So this dua is teaching us, don't become unmindful. Don't become casual. Be concerned. وَإِنَّا إِلَىٰ رَبِّنَا لَمُنْقَلِبُونَ We are going to return to Allah Ta'ala. And that time might come at any time. That last moment might come suddenly. So be prepared for it. So in any case, this Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught this dua, Thereafter he recited Alhamdulillah three times. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. That this is a very great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. Now a person for example came to Madrasa. From where we came, somebody came from one kilometer away. Somebody from five kilometers away. Maybe somebody from even more, ten kilometers. Now imagine if there was no conveyance of any sort. No conveyance of any sort. And you have to walk. Forget walk the 10 kilometers and 5 kilometers. Even the 1 kilometer. It would have been a strain. Many people walk. They have to walk. They got no option. Allah Ta'ala has blessed many with the comfort of coming in some vehicle, some conveyance. But many people, they walk kilometers. So what a big na'mat it is. That a person jumped in the vehicle and now is being transported from one point to the other. So Alhamdulillah, three times out of shukr for this. So this, to become conscious, what Allah Ta'ala is blessing us with, not just that it's my car, I jumped in on my father's car, and well, this car is our right. My father worked so hard for it, so it's our right. Now we can do as we wish. No, it is Allah Ta'ala's gift. It's Allah Ta'ala's ni'mad. So don't ever just regard it as something just, well, it's my right, my, I deserve it, I'm entitled to it. We're not entitled to anything. We don't deserve anything. It is purely Allah Ta'ala's fazal and karam. So, three times Nabi Islam would decide, Alhamdulillah. Then three times, he would decide, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allah Ta'ala is the greatest. Allah Ta'ala is the greatest. Now, how does this link up again? A person who is riding in those days a horse, a horse is a very proud animal itself. And a person now riding that horse, he can become proud also. He is mounted on this big animal, strong, fast animal. He feels like he's somebody now. And in this time and age, a person is sitting in some fancy car. And many a times, when that car is a little bit more uh, eye-catching and perhaps a bit of a better model, that many a times a person's manner of sitting also changes in that vehicle. If he's driving an old model, as they call it nowadays, Skoro Skoro or whatever, 
So he sits in such a way also that from outside maybe somebody sometimes is even in doubt whether there's a driver in the vehicle or he's going without the driver. He's sitting so low, nobody must see him driving this thing, he's all falling apart. So he feels so humble in that because it's falling apart. It's old, it is scratched all over the place, rusty and it's making all kinds of funny noises. So now he is driving in such a way that people sometimes have to just double check that is somebody driving it or is this way on his own. But now he's driving on shiny, brand new, out-of-the-box model, top of the range. Whatever model it might be in whatever vehicle, top of the range, brand new, shining, glittering. Now the person's manner of sitting also changes. The one elbow sticks out of the window now. And the person is sitting tall. Sometimes he sits so tall that you get worried maybe his head might come out from the sunroof. And... Uh, he's driving it with hands on one hand out of the window, the other hand outstretched. Now, this entire posture changed also. Now, why the posture changed? That score of score of the person was driving, couldn't even see whether the driver was there. Now, that same driver came, somebody put him in this car, maybe it's not even his too. Somebody else's, but he's sitting in that manner now, his whole posture changed. He said he's coming out from the sunroof. So, what changed now? What changed is that this vehicle has the effect on a person if he's not careful. It's not necessary, but it can have the effect. So, Allahu Akbar three times. That Allah Ta'ala is the greatest. Don't let any pride come into you, into you. And don't for one moment think, I am great. No, I am nobody. Doesn't matter what I am riding, what I am driving, which car I am sitting in. There have been, one parent told me years ago, one parent told me that his child was in a certain school and he used to do some construction work. So he had a very good car as well, Mercedes, whatever. But because his work was construction, so he used to, the day he used to be driving around in one van, old van also he had, because he has to load all kinds of materials and building things and so on. So that's what he, was convenient for him and that was practical for his work, obviously. He's not going to go around driving the Mercedes, loading cement in its boot and putting some ladders on the roof and all that. So now the time comes when he had to pick up his son from school. So then he would go with the van. So his son, after a few days, he refused. You come with the van again to pick me up, I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump in. Now the father, alhamdulillah, he had the Mercedes too, but that didn't affect him. He was driving the van also, he was driving the Mercedes also. Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat, fine. But now the son said, you come again to pick me up with the van, I'm not going to jump in. You must go home, leave the van, bring the Mercedes and come, then I'll, I'll come. Now why? Because this vehicle was now having an effect. Because others were saying, now my father came with the X5 to pick me up. I shouldn't be saying this because it doesn't reflect on anybody. Uh, Allah Ta'ala blesses somebody with some ni'mat. It's a gift. But these things mustn't creep in. So somebody says, my father came with this kind of car. And somebody, my father came with that kind of car. Now this person is saying, but my father came with an old van. So I look out of place. I look like I'm uh, like a downcast or something. So now he's insisting, you must come with the Mercedes. Don't come and pick me up with the van. Now this is the lesson here. Allahu Akbar. That vehicle must have no effect on us. Allah bless somebody with some ni'mat, it's a ni'mat. Alhamdulillah, it comes in a halal way, the person hasn't done anything out of place, anything wrong, then it's a ni'mat from Allah Ta'ala. 
Use it, make shukar upon it. But don't allow any pride to enter the heart as a result of that ni'mat. So the heart must be totally unaffected. And if a person's heart cannot stay unaffected, then he should avoid it. Until such time that he has built himself, that he doesn't get affected. Because pride is a major disease. In the Hadith Sharif it comes that the person who has pride to the extent of a mustard seed, he will not enter Jannat. So this is a major disease. And if somebody's car, somebody's phone, somebody's manner of dressing, the type of clothing, to wear good clothing in itself, provided it conforms to the requirements of Shariat, it conforms to the dictates of Haya, it is not destroying Haya in any way, it is not compromising Haya in any way, then it's fine, it's permissible. Somebody acquired halal wealth, it's permissible. Not flashing it around in front of people, not wearing it in order to impress anybody, then it's permissible. But a person wearing something which is now out of the normal standard of clothing that everybody else, the average person wears, person is wearing something, but that is bringing pride in the heart. Person is feeling a little bit better. Person is now, the thoughts of impressing others with the clothing is coming in the mind. Then this is something to be avoided. Many a times it comes in people's uh, lips, their tongues, that I wore this last week, now I'm going to wear it today. Or that wedding took place Last week only I went to that wedding with this, that Walima I went. So how can I wear this again? So then we are wearing it for people. We don't wear, many times a person just appeases himself. No, I like to wear something good. So I'm wearing something good. So it's still good. You only wore it one time. So why you can't wear it again? Because you're wearing it for people. That's the bottom line. You want to wear it, but for people. So that's why, because you wore it once, now the same people would be present in the second occasion. It only wore once, it still completely knew it was worn once for one hour. And then it was not worn on the, after that. So it was still not just new, it is still totally clean also. It didn't get dirty, it didn't require one washing yet. But now I can't wear it. Three days later, two days later, one month later too, it wasn't touched in the interim, I can't wear it again. Because they saw me last time in it. So they saw me last time in it, so what? So now they won't be impressed. Hey, this person wore the same old thing. It's brand new still. But they might say, oh, you are the same, she wore the same old thing. So I can't wear it now. So now, that is the dalil, that is the proof, that is the chore inside. The thief inside. And, بَلِلْ إِنسَانُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ وَلَوْ أَلْقَى مَعَاذِرًا This insan knows himself well. He might make a lot of excuses. He can try and bluff himself around here and there. And he can bluff himself also, bluff others, bluff himself also. But he knows himself. He knows that thief is inside there. That why now I can't wear it again? Because I was wearing it, I'm wearing it for people. My whole bottom line is to impress people. So that is a dangerous thing. In the Hadith Sharif it comes, the person who wears garments to show off, Allah Ta'ala will clothe such person with garments of disgrace on the day of Qiyamah. So these are ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala. If a person is using it in the correct way, is not having any effect on the heart, Alhamdulillah. But this is the lesson we are getting in this dua of traveling. The three times Nabi Wasallam recited Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Don't, Allah is the greatest. Allah is the greatest. Don't regard anything as a source of making you great. You are not great. We are nothing. We are the humble servants of Allah Ta'ala. 
we are nothing absolutely so this is the very major lesson that when sitting in that vehicle when sitting in that car don't allow anything to creep in <coughs> be a humble servant of Allah Ta'ala while using all his ni'mats and then subhanaka inni zalamtu nafsi faghfirli fa innahu la yaghfiru dhunuba illa anta Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then recites further Allah you are totally pure from every blemish every fault you are completely free of every deficiency subhanak ya Allah I have wronged my soul inni zalamtu nafsi ya Allah I have wronged myself as discussed earlier a person now in that vehicle in that car on that animal this could become the means of his death. So now this should move him towards istighfar. So this dua has included that istighfar as well. So how comprehensive these masnoon duas are. It is reminding us of the akhirat. And it is including that istighfar that we should automatically have been making. But after reciting the dua, if this istighfar wasn't included, we would still perhaps be heedless. And forget to make some istighfar. That istighfar also Nabi Islam included it for us in the dua. Subhanaka inni ghalamtu nafsi, faghfirli, O Allah, forgive me. Ya Allah, I wronged my soul in so many ways. In what I spoke, in what I did, in what way I looked, in what I listened to, in how I conducted myself, in the things I thought, in what, what I did. Ya Allah, I wronged myself in so many ways. Faghfirli, Ya Allah, you forgive me. فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا أَنْتِ Ya Allah, none can forgive but you. So Ya Allah, I'm turning to you alone. So you forgive me. So the lesson of Tawheed as well. The lesson that Allah alone does. Allah Ta'ala is the King of all kings. So we have to turn to Him alone. So this simple dua, but it is filled with so much of lessons as well. And then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would smile Ali radiallahu ta'ala saw him smiling, he asked him, why did you smile, O Nabi of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, that when a person says, Ya Allah, you forgive me, and he knows none can forgive him, but Allah ta'ala, Allah ta'ala becomes happy upon this. So on this, that the person has gained the happiness of Allah ta'ala, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa smiled. Ali radiallahu ta'ala, he did the same. His student asked him, why did you smile? So he said, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did it, so I am doing it. So to smile at that time, smile on this thought, that Allah Ta'ala has become happy that I have asked Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. So, this is also part of the sunnah at that time. To recite this dua and then to smile. So, what a simple amal. How simple? What, how much of time did it take? To recite this entire dua won't even take one minute. And what effort does it take? No effort. Any money spent, no money spent. The price of petrol can go up or go down. This dua costs us nothing still too recites. This dua will still be, we'll recite it for free. So, so simple, but yet, what a great amal. Now that journey also will become ibadat. And we will get the reward of the ittiba of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What a great thing. That to make the ittiba of Nabi sallallahu alayhi follow his sunnahs. Each sunnah has so much of nur in it. It will fill the heart with nur. And then, it is reminding us of the Akhirat. It is bringing that very great lesson that this is not our achievement. I'm driving this car, is not my achievement. The driving of it is not my achievement also. Sometimes the person feels very proud. I'm an expert driver. We are nothing. All our expertise will go into thin air if one something, just one mistake happens. 
So we should not think anything of ourselves, not allow that vehicle to create any pride in us, and to always remember we are the humble servants of Allah Ta'ala. To remember death, to remember that this could be possibly Allah Ta'ala save me, Allah Ta'ala save us from death in accidents. We all have to leave one day, we all have to pass away, there's no escape from death. But Allah Ta'ala save us from a sudden death. This is a dua that Nabi Sallallahu taught as well. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min mawtil fuja'a. Ya Allah save me from a sudden death. In the case of like death, death in accidents, death in these kind of situations, that a person doesn't get the opportunity to even uh, do anything. Whereas the person is ill, something has happened, and now the person is seeing death actually approaching, it starts making a person conscious, starts making a person make istighfar, tawbah, turn to Allah Ta'ala, start making amends, rectifying one's deeds, rectifying one's uh, relationship with people, and here the person, hale and hearty, jumped in the car, next thing is gone. So, we should ask for protection from that. But we should remind ourselves that these things happen. Those who, it's not something that we should look down upon anybody, that too is a form of shahadat. But, nevertheless, we should ask for safety from this. Meaning, a sudden death. That a person is gone in a moment. So, this dua is reminding us of that, is reminding us that we should be making some istighfar, some toba now. So this journey now must go in a state of righteousness. It must not be in a manner of sin. Now the person is sitting and watching some haram on the phone or chatting haram chats on, because the journey now, so they carry on now. Uh, or listening to haram things. All this should be far away from a person who has iman, who has the love for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who wants to please Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, who wants to cool the heart of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam because these a'mal are conveyed to Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam the true ashik of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam won't cause any taklif to him will do those a'mal that when it is reported to him Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam's heart is cooled so now while journeying also the person will not get into any kind of haram will not get into any kind of disobedience otherwise this is going to hurt the very sensitive and the mubarak heart of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so this very beautiful, simple dua, when traveling, and daily we travel, we come, we go, every morning, return every afternoon, and at other occasions we are traveling. So we should be conscious of this, and practicing on this. So when a person has placed the first foot, Bismillah. After sitting down in the vehicle, Alhamdulillah. Then the dua, Subhanalladhi sakhkhara lana hada, wa ma kunna lahu muqrineen, with that consciousness in the mind. وَإِنَّا إِلَىٰ رَبِّنَا لَمُنْقَلِبُونَ Ya Allah, you are pure from every fault and all purity belongs to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala who granted us the control over this conveyance. We could not have brought it under our own control. And one day we are all going to return to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Then Alhamdulillah three times, Allahu Akbar three times, Allahumma inni ghalamtu nafsi, Subhanaka inni ghalamtu nafsi, Faghfirli, فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَغْفِرُ الظُّنُوبَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ Oh Allah, you are most pure. And I have wronged myself. Ya Allah, you forgive me. There is none that can forgive but besides you. And thereafter to smile. This is also part of the sunnah. Smiling with that consciousness. That Allah Ta'ala gets happy when a person makes istighfar. So these are the great lessons also we learn from this dua. And that we should abide by the sunnah. Bring all these uh, uh, 
start reciting these masnoon du'as, learn them and recite them at their occasions. This will strengthen our ta'aluk with Allah tabarak wa ta'ala and fill our hearts with His love. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala grant me and all of us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakal shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu. ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين